Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We are so blessed as a church with the, with the phenomenal talent that God has, has brought in the hearts of these musicians, these, these, these artists. And it's great to have Didi. It was great to have Didi back home. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if, if all of y'all know, but she's on tour right now with the Maverick City uh, concert and the Kirk Franklin uh, uh, concert tour that's actually in Fort Worth right now. So this is there about middle, midway through the, the concert. Uh, the tour bus uh, pulled up, uh, I think they're down at Dickie's. Uh, don't know if tickets are still available for tonight's show, by the way, but if so, it's worth going to see. Um, the tour bus dropped, I think, all the other artists off at, at the hotel, but Dee Dee wanted to be here. Uh, she went out of her way to, to, she wanted to, she wanted to be home. Um, she wanted to be here to worship with us. Uh, um, and home, that's, that feels like the word of the day around here. Uh, and and I, knew, I knew it had to happen at some point, right? But I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know to expect it to happen so soon. Because I was, I was driving home uh, one night last week, and I was listening to one of the, the oldies radio stations that, that's in town, and, and, and whenever I heard it, I, I was shocked, and I was stunned, and I was, I was horrified, really, as I was going home listening to this oldies radio station. Um, one of my favorite songs from high school, they started to play. And I thought, oof, it hurt a little bit because I guess it's official. I think I have now officially crossed over. Right? The, my, the music of my generation, we are no longer today's hits. The music of my generation now, we are golden oldies apparently. Um, and it was shocking to me. But, but there's something about the music that we grow up with, isn't there? There's something about the music that we grow up with. It, it creates this kind of soundtrack to our lives. All the all those moments, all of those memories, perfectly choreographed to song. And what's true of our lives is also true of our faith. It's true of our souls. That deep down in all of us, there is a soundtrack. There's a soundtrack in our heart. There's a soundtrack in our soul. There's a soundtrack of our faith. Those songs that we hear and hear, those songs that we hear, those songs that surround us out there, those, those songs that inspire us. The songs that, that remind us of the truth of the power and presence of God. It was, um, it was Aristotle, I think, that, that said that of all the languages in the world, Aristotle said, I think that it was all the languages in the world, music is the most powerful. So of all the languages in the world, music is the most dangerous because of all the, the languages in the world, it is the only one that transcends the head to speak directly to the heart. It's the only one that speaks directly to our souls. That's what we've got to be so careful. That's what we've got to be so, so discerning about what we let into these little things right here. And, and so we thought it would be interesting this year. We thought it would be interesting to let y'all help us come up with a sermon series. Uh, we, we'd ask y'all, we, we ask y'all, what it is, what, what songs are y'all listening to right now? We ask you, what, what songs, what's on the playlist of your soul? And boy, did y'all deliver. Uh, I'll tell you that, that y'all sent in some really good songs, and some of you knuckleheads sent in some really bad songs, songs that as a church we are never going to do. Uh, but thank you for the laugh. 
Um, all in all, y'all sent in, there were about 300 votes or over 300 votes suggesting over 200 songs. And, and the four that we're going to be ta- talking about uh, over the course of this month, the, the four that we're going to be talking about are right there at the very top of the list. Uh, and we're going to do this as we go through the rest of the series. We're going to do this old school Casey Kasem style. Uh, I had to ex- uh, explain at the 930 service to our students who Casey Kasem was. Again, I have crossed over. Uh, um, uh, we're going to do this as a countdown style. So starting with number four, the, the fourth most popular requested song, the song that's on y'all's all souls playlist was that one, Home by, by Philip Phillips. And I'll be honest with you, that one was kind of eye-opening to us because it's telling, isn't it? It's telling that of all the songs, of all the music that's out there, it's a song about finding home. It's telling that a song like that would make the cut. It's telling that a song about finding that place of love and support and encouragement and empathy, that, that place of kindredness, that, that place that, that has to take us back no matter what. It's interesting, isn't it? It's telling, right? That a song like that would make the cut. And it made me start to wonder how many of us, this morning if we're being honest, how many of us feel homeless? How many of us feel, feel homeless that, that we, we want to know, we need to know that we're not alone? Even as everything around us and as, as so much within us, it just feels, it feels different. It feels weird, strange, foreign. How many of us this morning, if we're honest, feel homeless? Like we don't really have a place. Because I... I was actually homeless twice in my life. A lot of y'all know that. Both of my parents were civil servants. Both of my parents worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs. They worked at VA medical centers. And in the summer before my sixth grade year, uh, the VA called and they moved us. Um, the VA moved us from, from Florida, from the only home that I'd ever known. Uh, they moved us to Little Rock, Arkansas. They moved us to this place that we had absolutely no clue of. We didn't know a soul there. We didn't know the area. So we obviously didn't have a house. We didn't have a home. So my family and I, we spent the entirety of that summer, we spent three months that summer living at the Holiday Inn in Conway, Arkansas. And I'll be honest, as a kid, it was actually pretty cool uh, because we had daily maid service. We had daily housekeeping. There wasn't a day in that entire summer that I ever had to make my bed. Uh, It was great. And this wasn't just any old Holiday Inn. This was a Holodome Inn. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all remember that? Those are the ones that had the indoor pool. They had the, the indoor pool that was so chocked full of chlorine that your eyes would start to wait. It would burn your eyes just to walk in the room. We stayed there for three months. Three months in the Holodome Inn. We would eat at the Waffle House across the street like four times a week. Um, we were homeless. But my parents, my parents had just found a house. My parents had just put an offer in on a house in this little town called Pickles Gap, Arkansas, just right, right down the road from Conway. Uh, um, look it up. I'm not making it up. It's a real city, Pickles Gap. Uh, um, we just put in an offer, but right before the offer closed, right before the deal closed, the VA called again, and they moved us again. Uh, we got, actually got moved down here. Dad got moved to, to the Dallas VA, and we were, we were here for a year and a half, and the VA would call again. In the middle of the school year, 
that time. And we got shipped out to St. Louis. Dad had gotten a promotion. We got shipped to St. Louis where we would be homeless again. Homeless that time for, for two more months, living at a dreary inn. Uh, um, living homeless again twice in less than two years. But I learned something during that time. I, I learned an important lesson about home then in, in that season of kind of unmoored uncertainty. I learned that home, home isn't about geography. I learned that, that home isn't about where we are, it's, it's really about who we're with. And it's about who we become. Who we become in those unfamiliar roads, in those places where the demons want to fill us with fear, in those uncertain, unmoored, unknown sort of places. Who is it that we allow God to make us into? Because that's exactly what we're going to see in our scripture for this morning. And so if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in the book, excuse me, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah this morning. Um, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Maybe you have a Bible app on a cell phone with you. Hopefully by now we've all downloaded the WC app. Go ahead and turn it on. Again, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29 this morning. And if you do have your Bible and you're not really sure where Jeremiah is, if you're kind of flipping through it, Jeremiah is going to be... Uh, pretty close to, to where Psalms is. It's going to be after the book of Psalms, which is in the middle of your Bible. So it's going to be towards the beginning of the second half of your Bible, if that makes sense. It follows right after Isaiah, if you're flipping through. Um, Jeremiah chapter 29 this morning, um, starting with verse 4. Um, this, is what, uh, this is what Jeremiah writes. Again, Jeremiah 29 verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. To all the exiles whom I sent into exile from Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them and plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and don't decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you'll find your welfare. For this says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to their dreams. Don't listen to the dreams they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. It was unthinkable. What Jeremiah and what the folks Jeremiah was writing to, what they had just seen, what they had just experienced, it was unthinkable. The, the fall, the destruction of Jerusalem, the pillaging of the temple, they thought surely, surely God, if nothing else, they thought surely God would protect, they thought surely God would defend his home. But but the rubble and the smoke rising from the, the charred remains of the holy city, it proved them wrong. And they were the lucky ones. These folks he's writing to, they were the lucky ones, this, these stunned Jewish elites. They were the lucky ones because they had just gotten deported. They had just gotten sent into exile in, into Babylon, while the rest, the rest of their country folk, the rest of them, they, they were either slaughtered or they were enslaved in the fields. These are the lucky ones. It's this community. It's this community in exile. It is this homeless, wandering, searching community. That's who, who Jeremiah 
is writing to here. It's, it's this letter. It's this letter that is both at once so very beautiful and yet so very ugly. It was unthinkable. But everything that they had known, everything they were comfortable with, it was gone. It was all taken away. Even their, their unshakable sense of certainty, their misplaced sense of certainty in God's protection. And I say that because they had gotten to this place where they thought that they could do, that they could get away with anything. They thought they could do any old thing that they liked just so long as they gave God lip service. And if they did that, if they just played their little game, then everything was going to be okay. And the prophets had tried to warn them. All of these guys, all these guys with the really hard to pronounce names back here, all these guys, the prophets had tried to warn them. They had preached and they had wept and they had yelled. They tried to get Israel to come back to God. They tried to get Judah to come back home to be truly obedient, to be truly faithful. And the people, the people just laughed at them. They laughed and they laughed and they laughed until the laughter stopped. And they found themselves helpless and hopeless homeless. And again, I'm forced to wonder how many of us can relate to that this morning in our marriages, in our businesses, in our jobs, in our faith, with friendships that somehow, some way just kind of make us feel even more lonely. How many of us, how many of us can relate to that? We, we wandering spiritual pilgrims, we nomads. But then I want us to read that, those, those verses again. I want you to read that passage again because these words, they are not hopeless. And so friend, we are not hopeless. And we're not alone either. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing how God and how God alone can take what seems to be like disaster and how God and God alone can bring from it, how God can bring out of it some greater triumph. It's amazing. It's amazing how God and how God alone can, can take crucifixion and from that bring resurrection. And I've seen that truth. I've experienced that power in my own life. And I pray that, that you've experienced it in yours too. Because it's, it's in those seasons, it's in our exile. It's in those, those homeless seasons of our life, maybe most especially in those seasons of homelessness and untetheredness and disconnectedness. It's in those places where we feel lonely when we're confronted with all these struggles and all this brokenness. It's in those places, those are the places where miracles are born. And so these words, this letter, it's not, it's not a goodbye letter. It, it's not a dear John note. God isn't breaking up with his people. In fact, just read two verses later, two verses later, Jeremiah, led by the Holy Spirit, will, will write this, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God wasn't giving up on his people. 
And God isn't giving up on us. And God isn't giving up on you. So friend, don't you give up on you this morning. Instead, get busy living. Get busy living, that, that's Jeremiah's counsel right there. Get busy living. Start building houses and, and plant some gardens and, and get married and have babies, have lots of babies. Because you're gonna be there for a while. So what are you waiting for? Get busy living. Stop just waiting. Stop just wishing. Stop just willing. Stop just, oh, woe is me. Looking for a sense of connection and community. Looking for a sense of home. Get busy building it. Get busy living. And get busy serving. You want to know the, one of the most effective, you want to know one of the, the, the most fruitful ways of, of fighting all of our fear and, and all of that loneliness and all of that anxiety that we've got. You want to know an almost foolproof plan to derail all of those negative trains of thought that we've got going through our heads. Find some place to serve. Find someone to serve. Again, Jeremiah. It's right there. Verse 7, what, what's Jeremiah say? He said, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you. Serve it. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. So get busy praying too. And I know that over the years, I know that we've done a ton of, uh, of sermon series about prayer. But, but there's something that I don't think we say often enough. And it's that it's that at least half of prayer, and it's the harder half of prayer, to be honest. At least half of prayer, it's about listening. In fact, uh, several years ago, we were, um, we, we were honored to get to go. We were, we were privileged to, to, to take the church uh, on, a, on a trip. We got to go on, on this, this cruise following the missionary journeys, the missionary voyages of the Apostle Paul. We'd gone with, with our former bishop. And this one morning we wound up, we, we ended up on this Mediterranean island. And, and forgive me, I'm sorry, I don't remember what island it was that we were on. All I remember is that we ended up in this church. And there in this church, I saw the craziest payphone I had ever seen. Right? It, 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 it was all receiver and no microphone. It was all ears and no mouth. I didn't know what to make of it. I'd never seen anything like that before. Turns out what it was, it is a pre-recorded, it's like pre-recorded tourist information. It's like a tour guide uh, that, that kind of leads you through all this, the, the special things about this sanctuary that was in. Um, but I thought, man, isn't that a really powerful metaphor? Isn't that a great parable, a challenging parable about our life of prayer? what if, what if it could be like that? What if, what if we could train ourselves and discipline ourselves to the place where, where our prayer life, it was really about putting ourselves in a position to hear from God, to be changed by God, to talk less and to listen more, to listen for the, the echoes of home, to listen for the sounds, to listen for the songs of home. And, and while we're talking about listening, uh, just real quick, because I know it's a bold choice to do a four-point sermon during a communion Sunday. I get it. Um, but there's one other thing. I really think there's one other important thing, one other important lesson that Jeremiah gives us here in this letter. 
Another lesson he, he teaches us about how to survive, and not just how to survive, but how to thrive during exile, is this, it's, is that we got to get busy discerning. Beware of false prophets, he says. Be on the lookout. Don't listen to those who spread lies. Right? Don't listen to those who use God's name. Don't listen to those who use God's word to, to, to urge and to support unholy, untrue, unchristian doctrine and decisions. And believe me, friends, the, 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 the power and the reality of false prophets, it still exists. They still exist. They're still out there. False prophets of, uh, of, of both prosperity and, and prophets of doom, they're still out there. So again, it's so important that, that we get to be really discerning, that we're really careful about who and what we listen to. Measuring it always against the truth of, of God's word. And I'm not just talking about those preachers that maybe we'll see on, on television or on the internet. I'm also talking, I'm talking about our well-intentioned, well-meaning friends too. Because that's, that's the way we get back home. That's the way we return. We return. Like the prodigal, we return. We turn back to the Father. We turn back to the faith. We turn back to the feast. We return. Caleb, Caleb has been home from Auburn for about two months now. And it's been great, we love having him at home. But uh, I've been listening, and all that time I've been listening, I've been listening to, to hear him say something. I have been listening for two months to hear Caleb say that he's ready to go back. <laughs> and I think it's just out of kindness that he hasn't actually said those words out loud. Um, but I've been listening for something else too. I've been listening for him, I've been listening for Caleb to call it home. I've been listening for him to call their home. And, and there's a part of me, as a dad, there, there's a part of me that really wants that for him. I really want him to, to, to be so, 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 so fulfilled there and so happy there and so connected there. I want him so badly to love it there that, that yeah, that becomes his place. But at the very same time, in the very same breath, I have to confess that as a dad, there is another part of me that just grieves at that thought. Because to me, his home will always be here. To me, his home will always be right there, second pew. To me, Caleb's home is always going to be here. And that's how I feel. And that's how I, as a, a flawed, frailed, prone to failing sort of earthly father, if that's how I feel, I can't imagine how our heavenly father feels. Because in Jesus, this is not our home. Here is not our home. Here we build only upon sand. Not in Jesus, home. Home is there. And so friend, wherever you may be this morning, no matter the depth of the exile, when you can be certain of nothing else this morning, be certain of this. God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. God has not given up on you. No matter what, God has not given up on you. In fact, God's got a plan for you. A crazy, audacious, scare you to the bones if you knew it all sort of plan. God's got a plan, a plan for our return. 
There is no sin so big. There is, there is no brokenness so bad that it can get in the way. There is nothing that can stop. Nothing can stop God's plan. God's plan to love us and to save us and to redeem us and to restore us. Nothing can stop God's plan to heal us. Nothing except one thing. Us. We are the only thing that can stop it. Our reluctance, our reluctance to believe it. Our reluctance to accept it. Our reluctance to, to truly believe, to trust that, that the land of our exile can actually be our way home. 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 Where, where a place at the table is already waiting for us. As we pray. Our God, this morning, we confess that for so many of us, where we are is not where we want to be. And who we are is not who we want to be, and it's not who you want us to be. So, God, change us. Move us, Lord. Relocate us. Relocate us, mind, body, soul, God. And forgive us. Forgive us for, for believing that, that our empty houses are somehow homes these homes that we've built on sand. And instead, dearest Lord, we ask that, that you, that you would, in boldness, God, we ask that you would come and knock those houses down and build new ones. God, have your way in us. Come to us. Move in us, Lord, that we might be your own. So change us, God. Build your home in us that you might be known throughout the world, God. For we ask this as we ask all things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app. And follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.